2: day podcast Hey guys, welcome to the July 31st edition. So it is Tuesday. I am Jacob Morley and I'm joined as always by my co-host Ross Uglum. And Ross, I want to jump right into this because you were at the motherland this week. You got to go to three practices. You just came back from Green Bay. Um, So before we like really waste a lot of time, um, I want to just jump right into it. I think we're just going to have Ross share some of his thoughts of what he saw at camp. Um, But Ross, before we do that, I just got to tell all the listeners out there, Ross is taking a very busy week from, well, not not marriage. You're getting married this week, so he's taking time out of his schedule to be here with us today. So that's that's super awesome. So congratulations, Ross. I know that's probably a busy, stressful week for you. Um, so if you see if you follow Ross on Twitter, make sure you give him a shout out. Dude's getting married this week. Uh, but other than that, Ross, you can't. You just got back from Green Bay. Uh, Lay, lay it on us, man. What What did you see? What are some thoughts that you have? Get us take us inside the mind of a Ross Uglum's notebook.
3: Yeah, well, everything was fine when I left, and then uh, Andy shows up, and people start blowing out their knees. So I, I don't know uh, if we need to bar him from the grounds <laughs> or, or what the deal is there. But um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know what in the world uh, happened there as far as the injuries are concerned. Um, I, I I had time uh, up in Green Bay as I as I normally do uh, was able to get credential through the radio station that I work for here in Fargo and uh, spend some time like you said in the motherland had a chance to uh, hang out at the stadium had a chance to hang out at the uh, at the practice facility and really kind of just take stock of what was going on um, as far as the big takeaways I would say, uh, you know, definitely nothing really going on with Rogers as far as health is concerned. Some reports out of camp of him maybe turning the ball over a little bit more than normal, but that's okay. Uh, it either means the defense is is playing uh, well, or you know, better than what he had to compete against when um, when it was Dom Capers on the other side there. Well,
2: or, yeah, and they said, and he he threw another three today, Ross. I don't yeah, know if you saw I, that I, or I, on I, Monday.
3: About that, yeah.
2: Which, like you said, though, I think that's total – I think that's – Rodgers is going to be Rodgers. We know that. So I think it's almost an encouraging thing. But sorry to interrupt you.
3: No, no worries. I, I think you're right. I mean, I, I, I'm i not worried that the uh, league's all-time leader in touchdown to interception ratio is all of a sudden just going to start turning the ball right. over like a madman. I, right. just, I don't see that happening. But, you know, you can – hopefully draw some uh some positives there from the defensive side of the ball where they've you know hopefully improved under under the leadership of of Mike Patton. and that's I think uh one of the big takeaways I took from that was just how good the defense is how fired up they were uh how rattled McCarthy seemed or you know kind of just was was a little bit frustrated with his offense and and maybe Penton was getting to him a little bit, and you love to see that competition because for the next four weeks, you know, it's still going to be green and yellow versus green and yellow before they really seriously put the pads on against somebody else. So that that competition for positions, that competition offense versus defense, it's very important, and uh, McCarthy really talked about that. Other than that, I was impressed with Jamon Moore. I was actually impressed by Tim Boyle, mm-hmm. the what would be the fourth quarterback because certainly Hunley and Kaiser would be in your your two and three spots, but I was impressed by Boyle's size uh, and his arm strength. Speaking of size, my goodness, Mercedes Lewis and Jimmy Graham are huge. Yeah. They're just really, really big dudes. Um, I was on the players' sideline for the first two days of camp, and even like just sort of walking by guys like Brett Hunley, uh, Jamon Moore, big dudes. When you are five, six, eight, ten feet away from a guy like Lewis or Jimmy Graham, it's it's just a completely different thing. These are just absolutely towering individuals um, that aren't skinny either. So they were just very, very impressive physically for sure. And uh, I'm not sure I have any other you know real big takeaways from my time out there, but uh, just exciting to see football back, man. It it, it was so so dearly missed and i'm 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 pumped up for you know preseason game number one
2: so that's so the question i have for you then is you spoke on jamon moore a little bit and i think a lot of us saw like yeah he was kind of the he's kind of been the darling so far out of that group of three receivers um did any of those two other guys do anything really of note even if it's just a little nugget
3: yeah absolutely uh you know, MVS was out there looking like kickoff returner number one. He had a really nice catch in the end zone for a touchdown as well. Um, Equinamia St. Brown won on a couple of slants, which I think are going to be a big route for him just because he's such a big body that if he can you know, close his hips on you and make himself available, if you're a 5'9", 5'10", corner, nickel, whatever, you're going to have a really hard time fighting through that. And, you know, I really think that'll be a problem kind of moving forward for guys trying to, trying to guard, uh, Equinemius St. Brown. So yeah, the rookie receivers were nice. Jake Couberow was another, Mm -hmm. not a rookie, but another receiver that, uh, was really trying to, I think, elbow his way into some, uh, potential playing time there.
2: Yeah. And that's, um, and so as far as where they were lining up to, I know you kind of alluded to this on Twitter as well, but, but. If any, if you watch Jamon Moore in college, he exclusively played on the left side of the field. Um, And McCarthy's already talked about how he's been super impressed with how he's been able to uh, learn all three of those positions or all the receiver positions so far. So that's been really encouraging. You know, just from the you know from just from reading my Twitter timeline. You know, clearly I wasn't there. Um, Another guy I wanted to talk to you about too that seems like every year at the beginning of camp and he's another receiver. He's always that guy that people get real excited about, it seems like, during the first few days of camp, but then when the pads come on, he kind of disappears, and you probably know what I'm talking about. It's Trevor Davis, and he's a guy that I even tweeted out. You know, I've been bit by that before. I've gotten excited by him in the past, and I know know a lot of people are really high on him as a punt returner, Um, and I know you are, but how does he look as a receiver? How did he look on Saturday when you were there when the pads came on?
3: I mean, he looked like he looks every year in camp as, as mm-hmm. a guy that's just ready to break out, and you're right, I mean, we've been burned on that deal before, uh, you know, I might be, it seems like I'll be waiting for Trevor Davis to make the leap until I'm dead, but boy, he looks like a different guy, uh, you know, when... He just does. He looks like a different guy in camp. He looks like a different guy this season than the film showed last year. His punt return ability is really undeniable. Uh, His punt return decision-making, I think, Mm -hmm. can be called into question for sure. But as far as when he actually gets the ball in his hands, uh, the numbers to tell you, he's one of the best three to five guys in the league. Uh, He just does some things that drive people absolutely insane. So, yeah, just another Trevor Davis summer so far.
2: And I think that'll be the question as we go forward is, is he going to offer enough value as a punt returner um, if some of those other young guys really start to show some potential? Um, and you you talked about Tim Boyle a little bit, and he's been someone that's been really exciting too. I saw Tom Silverstein uh, put out there that he's really he's really been like the number two quarterback so far at camp, which granted, there's, we're four days in, but he's an undrafted rookie competing with guys that have played in the NFL and so could you talk about him a little bit and you mentioned him too what what stood out about him
3: big guy Uh, they're all big guys Um, you know Rodgers and I think he got kind of ticked off about it like on David Letterman or something just about sort of his size Rodgers is quite a bit smaller than the other three quarterbacks Hundley's a big dude Mm -hmm. Um, so is, is obviously Kaiser and then you know, this Tim Boyle is a big, strong arm kid, played small, uh, kind of smaller-level FBS football. I think Western Kentucky was the school that Boyle came from. Yeah. But just really impressive. He was accurate, uh, which you don't always see with, with the, the younger quarterbacks. But I just didn't see a ton of terrible decision-making. And uh, like I mentioned, there might be a little bit of a Taysom Hill situation uh, brewing here. Taysom was, I think, a little bit better athlete, but – Boyle impresses me more, I think, than Hill ever did, just with his ability to throw
2: the football. Well, and uh, I know Boyle is no slouch as far as his athleticism too. I mean, granted, uh, Taysom Hill is is a freak, you know. But uh, yeah, so that's that's exciting. That's good to hear. Um, and it's always kind of funny how that that stuff you know plays out. They got Hunley and Kaiser, and you think maybe this guy's just a camp arm, and you know what? Maybe maybe they found something there. So that would be really exciting and really cool. Last guy I wanted to talk to you about. Um, was someone I really, really liked in last year's draft class? Um, got hurt, didn't see a lot of him, and I and I saw a lot of positive stuff. Um, I didn't hear much about him on the padded practice, so I was going to ask you about that. But that's Montrevious Adams, the uh, the second year D tackle from Auburn. Um, did you have any thoughts on him? Did you, did he do anything to stand out besides the obvious? Um, you know, he, they said he got a th- quick three, quick three wins in the one on one pass rush drill.
3: Yeah, he's a quick twitch guy, man. He has a chance to be a special player. Uh, I really like Montrevious, and I think what was important and what you look for with a guy like him is when Kenny Clark comes off the field or when Mike Daniels comes off the field and Montrevious Adams goes in and you don't see a noticeable drop, uh, that's what you're really looking for. And I think that is kind of the deal. I'm not saying that Montrevious here in year two, especially after a, you know, generally lost yeah. rookie season, is going to end up being Mike Daniels. But boy, uh, if he's your fifth defensive lineman behind the three starters, Dean Lowry, you are in just great shape on the defensive
2: line. Yeah, it's exciting. It's definitely exciting. I don't remember being as excited about a group of defensive linemen in, in a long time. I mean, because you already talked about. I mean, Dean Lauer Dean Lauer is no slouch. You know, he's he's a very competent NFL lineman with with still some upside too. He's still a young guy, um, so that's really cool. That's really exciting to see. Um, any other final thoughts on camp before we move on here?
3: Not really. No, just uh, you know, today you have the same concerns as everybody else, which are the injuries.
2: And let's let's touch on that real quick here. So so it is it is seven o'clock. Monday night right now as we're recording this. So as far as what we know about the extent of the injuries, we don't know probably more than anyone else does. Um, but what we can kind of start speculating on is, so, you know, what what are some potential things that the Packers might be able to do to maybe mitigate some of these losses? Um, it was funny because – well, it's not funny. It kind of sucks. But uh, pro football focus – I don't know if they did I'm sure they did this on purpose – you know, tweeted out within hours of Jake Ryan going down, and and so far it seems like his injury is probably just from the outside looking. In. It looks like it's probably the the worst. Um, they tweeted out, you know, Jake Ryan last year the number two rated linebacker in you know run stop percentage or something like that. And it's just kind of, you know, you kind of go from thinking Jake Ryan is oh he's just a guy he's all right, and then you're like oh actually that's right he was he was actually pretty good last year. Um, so what are your thoughts on, as far as what, what are some things uh, that you think the Packers might be able to do to kind of mitigate uh, the loss of Jake Ryan, assuming he's done for the year?
3: Well, anybody that listens to me talk about NFL football means, knows that I don't really care about running the ball or stopping the run. Yep. Uh, and, and Jake was really good at, at, at stopping the run, but I, like I said, I just don't know how much value that really has uh, in today's NFL. He was a two-down player was a really good two-down player, and I think he was really getting better uh, in in the pass phase. Um, you know, they still took him off the field quite a bit, and I think that they've kind of drafted that player in Oren Burks. Yeah. Now, on base downs, I think they probably wanted to maintain uh, the ability to play Ryan with Martinez because Burks is a small linebacker. Uh, Martinez is not a particularly big linebacker. Uh, despite his success against the run, but you know, I think you you do look for another big linebacker, another traditional linebacker, and you can work those other guys in. But you know, I mentioned Brian Cushing, Clay Matthews' old teammate. Has had some issues with PEDs, but you know, when he's on, he's on. I mean, I think that guy was the defensive rookie of the year. Now that was some time ago, but I he's the same age as Clay Matthews. I can't imagine he's you know, washed up. Right. Uh, but the guys that I really like for that spot are Navarro Bowman. He's 30. Uh, you can maybe get a year out of him. Um, and then uh, the, the guy that I would really like them to add would be Akeem Ayers, who I mm. think has kind of some scheme versatility and just
4: would be a really good fit if they do lose Ryan for the
3: season in, in more of a big linebacker uh, proposition. Somebody that is going to play on base downs with with uh, Blake, and if you want to use him on passing downs, you can. If you want to bring in Burks, you can. Uh, or if you want to sign Eric Reed and have him play that role, yeah. you can. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure this is a you know season changing deal, but it's not great. Uh, it just makes them thinner at a position they were already thin at.
2: Well, and you know, Ross, you, we just got done talking about the guys up front, and so and so. My initial reaction when I saw, especially when I saw that stat from Pro Football Focus, is you know, that's great. He probably did what he was asked to do, but how much of that is because Kenny Clark is becoming a dominant nose tackle? How much of that is because Mike Daniels, you know, is Mike Daniels and they have these guys up that are going to keep him clean up front? And it just I'm just I'm really not that worried about that position because I think you know, I think Blake Martinez is a, you know, he's 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 a rising star in this league. Uh, I think he's more than serviceable there. Um, I think Oren Burks is going to be able to do a lot of the stuff that Jake Ryan could do, and especially in the passing game, um, that he couldn't do. Uh, so, And then you, you, know, you hear about this Greer Martini guy, too, out of Notre Dame, that he's been showing up on a lot of people's camp reports as someone that's really starting to kind of assert himself into the special teams game, especially, but I just don't, like, what does Jake Ryan do that is so specific that it's not replaceable? You know what I mean?
3: Sure. No, I totally get it, and and uh, you know if I'm going to take a players' trades on defense, I'm taking eighty to eighty-five percent. How do you affect pass downs? Yeah. How do you affect the money downs? How do you affect shit first down passing? Yeah. How do you affect that part of the game? Because beyond that, I, I, I just I don't really care that. The, the teams that are going to win the Super Bowl are not going to do it by running the ball. I mean, just look at the Chuck Fest you saw last year between uh, New England and Philadelphia. That's right. the key. And they're going to be good enough. You're exactly right. They're going to be good enough up front if on base downs it's Blake Martinez and Greer Martini. They are going to be good enough, no matter what. Uh, would Jake Ryan have made a positive impact on the team? Yes. Might he still? Maybe. Uh, we don't know the extent of the injury, but uh, I would not, like I said, mind seeing a Cushing, um, an Ayers, or you know, even a Navarro Bowman, who was once one of the better linebackers in this league, brought in.
2: Yeah, and that's you know that would kind of go against the old regime, but we've definitely seen some new stuff take place with uh, Gudakuns coming in, so. Who knows? Um, And you, you alluded to Eric Reed too, because and that kind of goes into where the next guy I was going to talk about is Kentrell Bryce going down today, who, you know, he's kind of, it seems like he's kind of the forgotten guy, but gosh, he's been taking reps over Josh Jones, which that was kind of surprising to me, just because I really felt like with letting Morgan Burnett go, Josh Jones is really going to be the guy that they just really want to groom for that spot, but... If if the first you know half a week of training camp is any indication, it would kind of seem like Kentrell Bryce was the guy that they really wanted next to Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Um, so he he went down today too. He was carted off. Um, he would probably be the second of the injuries. He, it does. Uh, he was probably a coin flip. I have no idea what's wrong with him. Jake Ryan seems like it's bad. Kentrell Bryce, not really sure. Mike Daniels seems like it's he's fine. Um, but so Eric Reed would almost kind of fill two of those spots you know he'd be able to come in and, and play that deep safety but also play that that nickel linebacker spot as well well right and I
3: mean I think it'd be more with Reed he'd be filling the, the Burnett role yep that you know he's kind of not that he wouldn't help but you sort of can do some of that stuff with Oren Burks so you really hope you can do some of that stuff with Oren Burks you trade it up To take him in the top 100, Mm -hmm. um, is that maybe not the case? His rookie season, I don't, I don't know. Uh, uh, One thing I will say though is I have a ton of faith in Pettin to figure it out.
2: Yeah, and that's, and I, I know you. I think it was you talking about even last week that Mike Pettin is probably the best acquisition that the Packers made all all off season. Um, And I mean, you can't discount that, and he seems. From all from all indications so far, it seems like he's gonna be a guy that gets them ready to play. not that Capers wasn't, and Capers I think is a really smart football line, but maybe he just wasn't speaking their language anymore. But from all indications, it seems like Petton's come in and has these guys firing on all cylinders. At least may if you're making, if they're making mistakes, at least we I think we're gonna see him at um, hundred yeah, and ten percent. Um
3: Jake Bryan and Kentro Bryce just are not gonna be the difference between a successful Petton defense and one that fails. And uh, they're just not going to be those
2: guys. And honestly, its I, I like Cantrell Bryce, I do. But I, Josh Jones has been one of my crushes the last couple of years. Uh, he was one of the few guys I'll get out of my seat and do a fist bump for when the Packers drafted him. I, I loved him coming out of NC State. Um, and I know they're a little bit different player, um, but I think any time you can get Josh Jones on the field, it's just going to end up helping your team. And I think they maybe were try. I mean, and the reports have been, you know, maybe they probably tried to put him in too many spots last year. Um, and if they can kind of simplify his role, I think he can be a really special player for them, especially with Pettin coming in. He's probably the guy that I'm almost at, maybe most excited about having him as a new coordinator. And it's kind of been disappointing because I haven't heard much about him. And I know last year that that was one of the first things, about Packers training camp was that anonymous scout or whatever just tweeting at someone saying Josh Jones wow um and so we haven't really heard as much about him this year so uh we'll see with that I still have pretty sky high expectations for him um but we can we can move on because we got about five minutes left here um and so every year this is kind of something I like to do we we alluded to this last week uh we can give you a little bit more detail this week but I always call it just my, my adopt-a-training-camp adopt a player. Um, and so I went ahead and picked two. I got one on offense and one on defense. And now, mind you, I picked these guys before camp started. Um, so there's going to be one on here that I would maybe almost change my mind already. But it's the beginning of training camp. A lot can happen. But the guy I talked about last week, on, especially on defense, that I really like. And it's for, like I really have no solid reason why i like him i just do he's just one of those guys and that's the cornerback herb waters the uh the 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 transferred wide receiver so they converted him to corner he's a wide receiver out of miami never played a down at corner until he got to green bay Um, the reasons i like him are because of all the positive comments that joe witt has talked about him and he's he's really got high expectations for him i talked about last week you know he's still on the squad. He got hurt last year. They could have done an injury settlement. They decided not to. He's competing this year. Um, but one thing that I find really interesting about Herb Waters is when you stack his combine measurables next to a guy like Jair Alexander, um, it's nothing to is nothing to raise your nose about. So let me just give you some numbers here for context. Herb Waters is is right under six foot. Okay. So he's already he's got a couple inches on Jair Alexander, who's the Packers, you know, sixteenth overall draft pick. As far as in the forty yard dash, Jair has got the blazing four three eight. That's going to be a top relative athletic score. Um, Herb is only got he's a four five one guy, so he doesn't have the blazing speed, but four five is plenty of speed uh, for the cornerback position. The, the their twenty yard splits, Herb Waters is two six, Jair Alexander two five five. Their ten yard split almost identical. Herb's is 1.51, and uh, Jair's is 1.52. Bench press, 14, across the board, both of them put up 14. Vertical, uh, Herb Waters is actually a 38.5, which that's, that's a pretty nice vertical. Uh, Jair was at 35. Broad jump, uh, almost identical. Shuttle, almost identical. Three cone, almost identical. Um, so as far as athletic numbers, he, he's as good of an athlete as, as they have at the cornerback position. Um, but he's got a little bit of height on, uh, on a guy like Jair Alexander. He's almost six foot, so he's got a little bit more length. Um, so that's, I'm kind of just taking a lottery ticket on him and saying, wow, this guy's a freak athlete. I like him. Let's see if he can develop. Now the cornerback position room, got a lot deeper, um, obviously, after the camp. So he's kind of a long shot. But that's why he's my, my defensive adoptive player uh, for the Green Bay Packers. And then my offensive guy is a rookie, and um, I I went ahead and picked up Equinamius St. Brown. And the reason I went with him, and of course he's the the, uh, wide receiver out of Notre Dame, um, so my scouting report for him, I had him ranked higher than Jamon Moore um, and and Scantling. So the things I really like about him, or for a guy that's as tall as he is, at least what he showed me on film, he moves so well for a guy that's a tall receiver he doesn't move like a guy that's as tall as he is um, he can eat up cushions in a hurry at least he did he was doing that in college there is a specific play where he takes a simple drag route to the to the end zone just outruns everybody um, he makes people miss a lot better than most tall receivers and that goes back to he doesn't move like a tall receiver. He's, he's a little bit twitcher than a lot of these tall receivers. Um, so he's a guy that I really had my eye on. Now, as far as the three of them, we've already talked about the three receivers. He probably seems like he's the guy that's performed the least out of the three. Um, but it's early in camp. Uh, guys can make late runs at this stuff. Um, he might still be getting his feet underneath him. So I still have high hopes for him. I think, uh, I'm going to be rooting for him all training camp. I'm going to be rooting for both of these guys. Um, so this is kind of a fun project to do, and we'll tweet something out later and see if you guys have anyone that you want to adopt or kind of put your name next to. When, when I, Actually, when I first put this out there, I had three or four people say Michael Clark, so uh, that's a bummer for them. But um, So, Ross, I don't know if, if you want to adopt any players on this Green Bay Packers team. I'll give you one guy on offense and one guy on defense.
3: Yeah, I... I saw some really good reps from Reggie. I just think he's a good player, and I think he definitely qualifies for this, just being a second-year undrafted guy. But man, he's something else. Uh, I still don't get how he didn't get drafted, to be honest. And I think he needs to be part of the defense. I think they're playing too many Fakrell snaps at this point. Um, whether it's Beagle or Gilbert, I don't really care.
2: But yeah. But hey, Fakrell beat David Bakhtiari. He's he's here. He's arrived.
3: Yeah. I did. <laughs> Saw that um, doesn't 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 move the needle much no. uh, for me, but yeah, I mean, on offense, I, nobody really stood out. I was really impressed with Jamon Moore, though. I think, uh, you know, we're starting to get to a place where I can start believing that even though one of them was a second round pick and Moore was a fourth round pick. I'm starting to believe that Devontae Adams' stat line from his rookie season is potentially attainable for more, and I definitely did not believe that right away.
2: And that was what, like some 40-some catches, 600-some yards?
3: Yeah, something in that general vicinity. You know, if you'd have given me uh, j at the beginning of the season, I would have said two touchdowns, 300 yards, 25 catches, like something like that. Um, but I'm really starting to believe that that might be too low and like I said, even though he was taken way after Adams, uh, you really could see that Devontae Adams situation where you're playing Geronimo Allison, you're playing Geronimo Allison, you're playing Trevor Davis, and then uh, it just gets to a point in practice and in the games as Jamon picks up the NFL game more and more where the Packers just cannot afford to continue to play these uh, basically undrafted free agent-style guys and have to go with uh, with JMON.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I hope so. I mean, that's I think that's what they're hoping for. So uh, we are a little bit over on time today, but that's fine because Ross has got great stuff to say, especially coming from camp. Um, Ross, next time we will be talking on these airways, you will be a married man. So that's that's exciting stuff. Uh, Ross, thanks as always for joining me, and I, I hope hope this week is awesome for you and your fiance and everything goes super well. And, uh, next time we talk, you'll, uh, have some other stories to share about non packer related things. Thanks, Jake. Really appreciate <laughs> it. We'll talk to you later. All right, man. Take care. All right, guys. So that's our podcast. Make sure you stay tuned tomorrow. Um, as you'll get one of these every single day. Thank you so much for listening and we will catch you. uh
0: Shotgun formation, of third and 15 to the 46-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rodgers looks it over, gets the snap. Back pedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Go Adams! 30! Turns up field, 25, cutting right to the 20, 15, 10, 5! Devontae Adams to the south end zone for the touchdown! Rodgers looks it over, starts to his left. Now he moves, starts to the right side. Snap to A-Rod, looking down Winds up, rainbows it high and deep into the end zone. It's high one and it's gone. It is coming for a touchdown! Yes! In the end zone. Can you believe it? Yes. I believe, believe it. One kick away from the NFC Championship game.